When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello everyone and welcome back to Garibaldi Reds, a Nottingham Forest podcast. We're across YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure as always to give us a review and a share if you do enjoy. And as Forest get their first league win of the year, in fact I've just put in my notes of the season, I'm glad it's not the season, <laughs> uh, thanks to Tywo and hudson Adoy, a Marillo Masterclass and more, that's a tongue twister, uh, joined today by Sarah Clapson as ever and Forest fan Steve Oldham. Uh, morning to you both, Sarah let's start with you, nice to be talking about a Forest win, a big Forest win, probably one of the most important of the season. Morning. Yeah, it was a, a really good all-round performance, I thought. A lot of positives to take from it. Obviously, the result was the the main thing. Um, it's made the Premier League table look a little bit healthier. Five-point gap um, between the relegation zone now, which is a, a, a bit more breathing space. But just an all-round positive performance, I think, individually and collectively. There was a, a lot of players stood out with their own um, individual displays, but just in general, a really good, solid, um, good attacking, good defensive um, performance. A lot to like from it, I think. A lot to take away from it and, and plenty to build on as well. Yeah, definitely. Plenty to build on. Uh, Steve, I mean, just how crucial is this win? I like the background, by the way, with Erin in the picture. Yeah, there um, she is. There she is. She'll be there Sunday. Saturday, sorry. She won't um, be there Sunday. I'll be day late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, Steve, just kind of how crucial this win. I can remember seeing you at the end of the game, actually, and, and, and talking to you, sitting a few rows behind me. But just such a such a big win for Forrest. I, I, I thought coming up to the, ga- the game on Saturday, it was a must win. Uh, I, I, not... It, if we'd have lost the game or got a draw, I don't think it would sent us down. I just think confidence-wise, the next two were, obviously, we've got Villa and, and Liverpool. Um, and theoretically, you think, well, we ain't going to get anything out of them two. But football's a funny game and um, I'm not too sure about that. I think we might. We might surprise a couple. Um, but I thought the way how we started, I mean, I was thinking, wow, we're on fire. And someone, I was listening to Talk Sport going home on Saturday and they were saying West Ham were poor. And I thought, hmm, I thought Forrest were good. I thought Forrest were good. And I think they'd have gave a good game to anyone on Saturday. Um, but they, they, there was, again, there was no pressure, was there, on the players? You thought they might have had pressure because got a win. Was it, were we one, Luton behind us one point? And of course, yep. we get this, everything like that. And yeah, fair play. I, I really enjoyed it. My only concern was, Max, and I did say to you, and I think Sarah might agree with me here, about 70-odd minutes into that game, I'm thinking, we've had all these chances. 
or West Ham, uh, Ward Prowse going to get a free kick, yeah, and it's going to come into the box and we're going to be like jigsaw puzzles again, going to pieces, but we didn't, we held out, we defended well. And if we'd have won that game 4-0, well, the scoreline would have flattered it, wouldn't have flattered us, would it? No, I don't know. The way we played. Yeah, I think um, I just think it was one of those performances where they showed so much, and it was nice to see Forrest start a game well. I mean, how often mm-hmm. do we talk about Sarah, especially in recent weeks, in recent times, that Forrest have to almost grow into the game? But we started really well. We looked like we were the team almost at home. The atmosphere mm-hmm. was behind us. And we really went for it, didn't we, Sarah? Yeah, it was straight on the front foot. Could have scored within the first, I think it was five minutes, Alanga had a, a chance. Um, really positive from the off and, and just kept going from there, really. Never let up, just kept... I, I do agree, created a lot of chances. And at one point, you, you kind of thought as it was nearing half-time, oh, I hope this doesn't, I hope this doesn't come back to bite them. But um, <laughs> scored at a good time, just before the break. Yeah. And then just kept going, really, in the second half. It was, I think under Nuno, Forrest have always looked good going forward. The, the Scoring goals hasn't been a problem. Creating chances hasn't been a problem. It was at the other end. So I think that was what was more encouraging and more promising for me was the clean sheet and the fact that Matt Sells, again, didn't really have a save to make. Um, Murillo and, and Felipe, I thought that partnership was really, really good. The partnership of Danilo and Dominguez in midfield, again, I thought that was excellent. And the fullbacks as well, given Nuno Tavares a little bit of criticism in recent weeks, but I thought actually he was really good on Saturday. Um, I, he still perhaps needs to learn when to shoot, but he, he did get a bit closer with an effort this time. And his all-round game was really positive. Nico Williams on the other side, I thought he was absolutely excellent. Um deservedly got the man of the match on the day I think there was a few contenders for that but mm. the link up in general between everybody in the team the connections and the the cohesiveness I think and the discipline as well we mentioned it before about James Ward-Prowse and not giving away free kicks and other than one um that I can remember didn't really happen um it was a really disciplined organized performance and I think for me that was just as encouraging as how it was at the opposite end of the pitch. Yeah, definitely agree. And Steve, I suppose when you just score before half time and it almost unsettles the the other team's dressing room and it and it really must have unsettled kind of West Ham and, and Taiwo again, he scored three goals against West Ham in his last three starts against them. He they, they must hate him. But he again, right place, right time. And he was a bit quiet first half. He didn't necessarily get the service, but he just does what He's done for Forrest for the past 18 months, which is be there at the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, the first thing about what you said about the West Ham's changing room, it changed David Moyes' team talk, didn't it? Because you're thinking you're going... He actually scored with about 48 minutes and there was four minutes of injury time. It was virtually virtually nearly the last kick of the first half. So that changes Moyes' half-time team talk because he's thinking we're going in nil-nil yeah we've kept it tight you know they've had all these chances as for Taiwo well that's what he's there for and I think when you you know if you look at all the teams down the bottom and I think Sarah's just mentioned something that I I this might come out as one of them stupid statements but if we actually don't concede goals we're going to win more games than we've won for a long time because going forward when you look at us going forward under Nuno we are a threat 
I mean, Alanga should have had two, maybe even three. You missed one in the second half. Taiwo is going to score your goals. We we are a real good team going forward. Um, and yeah, so it did change Moises' half-time team talk. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still think Forrest would have won that if it had been nil-nil, the way they played. I don't think that was detrimental to the way West Ham they didn't capitulate or anything like that, but Forest were just Forest were a different beast on Saturday, and I hope we take that on to Saturday. Uh, fingers crossed, big game against Villa on Saturday. Sarah, let's touch more on on kind of the players and and so many key performances again. We'll talk about that Marillo masterclass shortly, but you look at. Hudson-Odoi being involved again, as well as Alanga having 12 goal involvements in the Premier League this season. Just the link-up between those two, since obviously Brennan's departure and, and Forrest bringing Alanga and Hudson-Odoi coming in. Just the partnership and, and, and how many chances as well they're really creating for this Forrest side. Yeah, Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think he just looks absolutely full of belief at the minute. He's really starting to show what we all hoped he could do. He's getting back to the kind of player that that had so much potential earlier on in his career. He just needed a run of games. He just needed to get going. And I think we're starting to see now what he's all about. He was brilliant. Um, really, really good. Deserved his goal on a little scoring run now. So hopefully he can continue with that. I think it was just a case of, of getting his confidence going. When you've had a difficult few years, perhaps like he's had, you've not had a, a consistent run of games just finding your feet a little bit and getting some consistency, I think that's been what's what's key for him. Um, Gio Reyna now is going to have a, a real fight on his hands to get a starting spot. Um, getting into the, the number 10 position in place of Morgan Gibbs-White was always going to be tough, but I guess he was kind of looking at those wide positions and thinking, well, you know, maybe I've got a chance of breaking in there. But the way that Callum Hudson-Odoi and, and Anthony Langa are both playing at the minute, they're keeping their shirts. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for Rayner to get a start, but he's good to have on the bench still. Um, and it, he's certainly an option to have, but you want players full of full of confidence and in, in good form. And um, at the top end of the pitch, that, that's certainly the case at the moment. For sure. And and Steve, when you look at a player like Anthony Alanga that, that, that Forrest brought in after the sale of Brennan Johnson, they sold Brennan for a really good amount of money, you know, just above that 40 million mark. And then they bring in uh, Anthony Alanga for 15 million and obviously Callum Hudson-Odoi for 3 million. And you say, you know, Forrest have been criticised in the past for the kind of scattergun recruitment approach and, and rightly so at times. But you can't argue that that piece of business, unbelievable from the, from the club, really. No, um, I tend to agree with Sarah. I was thinking coming over coming over here today, where does, how does Rayner get in? Mm -hmm. he, you know, as it stands at the minute, Rayner's only going to get in if there's an injury um and that's the re reality of it um you've got the two the three lads from that are coming back from afcon um where do they get in um because the team's looking so different one thing i do want to say and about alanga and about utsun adoy uh, you know 18 million combined for them to in premier league is an absolute snip i mean it's it's a, it's a snip and man manchester united um, you know, I sorry, I just don't know who authorised that that deal because that was. I, I, I mean, I've got Man U fans, obviously, who I know, and they're scratching their heads. They've got Anthony for eighty-five million, and Alanga's ripping it up, for, and they've sold him for fifteen. Um, one other guy that I just want to mention, and you might mention him, and I might be shooting, is Dominguez. 
I mm. Dominguez and Danilio on Saturday were absolute brilliant, and I love that. I love that guy, that little Argentine guy in the middle. Um, everyone was coming up on Saturday saying, "Well, Sangar is going to come back into that team against Villa." Ooh, I don't know. I don't know where these guys. The bench all of a sudden on Saturday is going to be so strong. Um, is going to be really, really strong now for us. Um, yeah, so onwards and upwards. Yes, onwards and upwards indeed. And Sarah, Steve touches on Dominguez and I was going to kind of come to him and just what, a, I think just what a player in a way and he seems to be always there, almost does the dirty work. And one thing I have noticed about him, which Forrest have lacked recently, is having leaders on the pitch, is having those players that, that can be there almost in the referee's face and and maybe kind of talking to the to to opposition players, shall we say. And 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 just being there, this similar sense of almost Ryan Yates and and having him in the middle alongside Danilo, as Steve mentioned, what a partnership considering that they haven't played that frequently together. And as Steve mentions, all these players coming back from AFCON, the likes of Sangari, you know, how on earth do they almost fit mm. into this forest side now? Yeah, absolutely. I thought Dominguez was was really, really pivotal to the to the win on Saturday. Um, he just goes through so much work. You look at his work rate in every game, and he just he never stops running. He just keeps going. He puts in so many tackles. He, he's always in and around the the action. And that ball that he played for for Taiwo for the opening goal was was just pinpoint. Um, it, Amazing turn by Taiwo in the first place as well, but and a, a lovely finish, but a terrific ball um, to get him going. And he's just he's at the centre of everything, Dominguez. You just watch him, and he he never stops. All game, he's just he keeps going, he keeps going. Um, I think Nuno has got a real headache for for Saturday, um, a real big decision to make in in terms of who comes in and who starts, or whether he keeps it the same. Um, because you you always is, do you change it for change's sake? Do you stick with a winning team? Um, Sangare, we haven't seen the best of him yet. I don't think. I, I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, I'm not so sure you can break up the partnership of, of Danilo and Dominguez though for Saturday because they they just worked really well together. Getting that right midfield balance has been difficult. Um, I think Sangare has been missed, but that partnership worked so well on Saturday that. I'm not so sure you could break it up um, against Villa. I think you, you probably have to stick with near enough the same team um, because from 1 to 11, they all deserve to keep their places. I'm not sure you could look at anybody on, from Saturday and, and think, well, they didn't have a, a great game or, or they weren't integral to the performance or, or they didn't play some kind of part in it. It, it was front to back. Everybody did really well. Um, I don't think I would change it. I think I would probably stick with the similar team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and Steve, I suppose there was a lot of talk last week about the AFCON players coming back. Mm. Were you disappointed that that none of them were featured on the bench even, considering that Sangari had hardly played and Willie Bolly hadn't kicked a ball for three weeks in the tournament? Well, I had a bit of a moan about it towards them. I thought the club should have done better and said, I thought they'd at least be on the bench. But hey, look, if we'd have lost that game, we'd be criticising that. But we didn't, we won. So, we're, so yeah. I thought they should have been at least on the bench. They're all back now. Um, I tend to agree with Sarah. I don't know where you can change, if you can change anyone. I think Dominguez and Danilio, they're forward-thinking midfielders. And I think on Saturday, we all know that Villa play a high line. Um, and with hudson Adoy on one wing and Alanga on the other, you know, we're going to be able to ex- exploit them. Um yeah, I, I just I was disappointed, Max. But look, we've got I won't say we've got away with it. We've won. Yeah, we're in that position. Now we've got everyone back. You know, we've got no excuse now, AFCON. If everyone was fit, what would be that starting at eleven? That's the question you've got to ask now. Because you now look at your bench, yeah. And you think, well, if so and so is out, and, and you've you've got us, we're all back now. It's good, you know. Afghan's gone. Let's just, you know, we know we've got to put as many points as we are because we've got something hanging over our heads, um, and let's let's go for it. You know, I I do think this this is probably, yeah, a very difficult time for Nuno because he's going to be, and it's a good time for him because he's got players now wanting to play. We've got no no one no one who wants to hide. They all want the ball. Like we said a minute ago, Callum Hudson Odoi. I think six, seven weeks ago when he was playing, he, a Brentford, Max, when we went to Brentford, all right, he didn't look as if he wanted the ball. Now he wants the ball. Give him the ball. When he's got the ball, he's at him. At him. And no defender likes running a, a, a player running at him with the ball at the feet. No one. No, and especially if it's Murillo on <laughs> for the opposition side. Yeah. And I suppose let's touch on him, Sarah. Every week he seems to get better. Such a young player, he's going to go on to kind of not bigger and better things. And that's no disrespect to Forrest, but he will go on to be a very, very top player. Unbelievable from him. You look at the chance that Antonio had, he's right across there and he's always there. And I just think what a remarkable piece of business again from Forrest, in fairness, to get a young player like him in through the door for a small fee. And he has been absolutely crucial to Forrest. And again, another partnership to mention, him and Felipe coming with Felipe coming back into the side um, for the performance. Yeah, uh, Murillo is going to go on for a, a huge amount of money at some stage. Um, I hope it's not for a long time yet, but he is just so good. Um, he's so good on the ball. He's so good defensively. His awareness, his positioning... His pace to get back for that challenge as well, um, after Felipe had a little bit of a stumble, to, to race back, to stop Antonio. Um, he was a good player and put a really good tackle in. Just a, a, a brilliant, brilliant performance from him. Um, and there was that moment as well where he 
he was shackling Antonio and, and then he turned to the, the crowd. I think he got a free kick from it. He was geeing everybody up going, come on, come on. Um, he's just so good and he's got so much more to come. He's he's still a really young player who we forget hasn't played a great deal of first team football. Um, his ceiling and his potential is really high. He can keep improving. Um, I think playing alongside... Felipe on Saturday probably helped him, not just because obviously they're, they're both Brazilian um, and I'm sure that the language probably w- was a part in that. But I, I just think they worked really well together. Having somebody with a bit of more experience um, in Felipe, I think, made a, a difference. Having a, a steady, settled presence there helped Murillo. Um he played that lovely ball as well. I can't remember who it was to now, but a, a, a brilliant long pass forward. And that's what he's got in his locker as well. He, he just does everything. Um, and the, the good thing is he can just get even better. Yeah, he can. Young player and a big future for Forrest. Let's kind of stay on the defence, Steve. And when you look at both fullbacks, we'll start with Nico Williams and then we'll come on to Tavares. But I thought Williams, again, deservedly man of the match. Big um, kind of cheers for him in the crowd from from the fans. He's almost becoming a, a court hero, as if you like. Excellent performance. Again, always there, battling, um, not afraid to 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 just get involved. And and as you said, talking about players hiding, Nico Williams certainly hasn't been that. And and I just think what a performance from him on Saturday. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Max. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I think he made one one mistake, didn't he? Bless him, and that was he gave the foul away yeah. for Ward Ward Prowse. But you know, it, one mistake out of that performance. Um, he he gets up the wing and he gets back and he puts his body on the line as well, where you where you want him to be doing that down there. Um, I again, he was. I'm not quite sure. Was he playing under Cooper before Cooper? Was he? Did he play the Tottenham game? He, he was did, playing. Yeah, he, he was playing he bits under Cooper, but, but yeah, and then not loads. obviously, Aina then yeah, went, he did went back in under under Nuno. Obviously, he's gone to Afcon, and he, he's done what any good professional would do. He's got hold of the shirt, like Sarah says, the shirt's his, um, and you know, his 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 effort. I like him. His his hard work. Uh, and he's not just hard work, obviously. He's got a bit of talent. Um, he's shown that he gets up, supports down the right. And yeah, he played. It was amazing on Saturday. I'd actually turned to the guys in front of me and, and said, Williams has been far the best game I've seen him play this mm-hmm. season. And I'm not saying he's had bad games. I was just saying far the best game he's had. And he's been utter brilliant, absolutely utter brilliant um, today. And, and he was. He, he, he was, and he, he should. He got. He was fouled for a penalty, but we won't go there. All right, we won't go that one. <laughs> we will go there eventually. We will in, <laughs> okay. in, 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 in a minute. We will touch on. We will touch on VAR and all of that. But Sarah, let's um, let's touch on the other fullback for Forest, Nuno Tavares, a player that that Nuno has favoured more recently. I feel like we have this debate kind of every week. Um, and we had a chat with Max last week and, and he kind of uh, disagreed about him starting and the efforts, but one nearly did go in, but his pace, almost his quickness to react and and efforts on goal. I think from that performance for me, you can maybe just start to argue why Nuno has favoured him over Harry Toffolo more recently. Yeah, I think absolutely that. You can see why Nuno has picked him um, because that's what he offers. 
he hadn't been doing it to the same level in previous games as he did on Saturday, I don't think. We'd seen glimpses of it. He can still go from looking brilliant one minute to, to making a, a bit of a sloppy error the next. But just the outlet that he offered was so important. His link-up with Callum Hudson-Odoi, I thought, was really good. And he just, he was really on it on Saturday. Um, and I think you could see that's what, what Nuno's clearly been seeing in training and why he thinks he's um, he gets the edge over Harry Toffolo. Uh, I think it's the attacking side of it that that really offers something. Um, we know that Nuno likes to to get forward with pace. We know he likes to to counter attack. Nuno Tavares offers that. Um, I think Harry Toffolo does as well, but perhaps not quite to the. His pace isn't quite at the same level. Um, we all know he can put a good ball in and, and put across him. But Tavares had his best game, I think, on Saturday, um, and. Hopefully he can build on that. Hopefully he can take a lot of confidence from it and pin down the spot if that's what 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 Nuno um what Nuno favours. I guess you've got Ola Aina coming back who can play on either side. He was in the best eleven of the tournament at Afcon, so he's going to want to get back in the team. Um, he's shown what he can do before. He's really solid defensively. Likes to get forward as well. Offers a lot. Um. So that's a that's going to be a tough decision um, where he comes in because as we mentioned Williams was was brilliant on Saturday as well. So trying to get Aina back into the team is is going to be tough. I think he's going to have a bit of a fight on his hands as well. But they're the decisions and the, the dilemmas that you want. You want players that are performing to their their capabilities and, and giving you a headache. Nuno Tavares has done that now. Um, I know we've we've all been a little bit um, critical of him um, in the past, but Saturday I thought he was great, really, really good. Um, hopefully, one one day one of those shots is going to go in, and we're all going to say, "Well, well, that's what it's been coming to," um, because he he does love having a, a go at goal from from some distance. He got one a little bit closer on Saturday. Um, I think there was another one that that wasn't quite so close, but. One of these days, he's going to put one in the top corner and we're all going to stand back and applaud because it, it, it has to be coming, surely. Yeah, God knows what Forrest are going to do if they put those new fancy boxes in the corner and <laughs> an effort from from an effort on goal from Tavares ends up for hitting someone at the top of the box. Um, Steve, do you, do you see why Nuno's picking Tavares? Do you like yes. him? Do you prefer him over Toffolo? Um, yeah, I, I, I tell you why I think uh, because I think the way Nuno wants to play is when we get the ball from the from the back, he wants to break very very quickly, and I think if you watch the first half, he got there was a couple of times where West Ham were round our box, he got the ball and he drove us forward very very quick, uh, and he, he he passed it to to the door a couple of times, so I can see why he he wants to play him that way. Um, I'm not sure about his defending. Uh, you know, you can't criticize too much because obviously we've kept a clean sheet. Um, I think Harry Toffolo is a better defender, but I think Tavares is a better for the team because he brings us forward quicker, and that's the sort of thing. And I think even in the Premier League, when you've got someone like Murillo. You can most probably con con you know get away with that a little bit because you've got a fast centre back that if he gets caught out, it can recover. Um, but 
if someone, someone said to me, I think Toffolo's a better defender. Um, I mean, if it, you, you were playing against a team where, let's say Liverpool, all right? Let's just say Liverpool, and I'm no, no, no tactician or anything like that. All right, say you were going to set up a different way by defending, you'd most probably think, well, do I put Toffolo in there because he's a better defender? But if you want to break quickly, you're going to play Nuno because he gets the ball. And he, one thing he does do, he gets the ball at his feet and he brings it forward. I know his shooting is, well, you know, Sarah says he's getting closer. I, I just thought, yeah, he's getting closer, Sarah. He hit row D in the top block <laughs> at the Trent end. That's getting closer. I mean, there was a, a rumour that when the fans out Nuno was playing, yeah, the flight path around East Midlands Airport had changed because <laughs> he didn't want him to hit any planes if they were landing. But, yeah, I mean, if he hits one in the top corner, then I'll, I will do a, I'll come on this show and do a jig. I'll tell you. Because <laughs> he, he reminds me a little we're bit... We're holding you to that, Steve. Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of my missus when he gets in front of the, gets in front of the goal and her Google Maps has just crashed. He's all over the place. You don't know, well, what am I going to do with this? And he just has a punt. Yeah, one day it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm not holding my breath. I don't think it'll happen this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made me laugh there, Steve. I bet uh, them people at the training ground, I wonder how many footballs are in their back garden. Can you remember when you got a little kid, like my son, Jake, who's always kicking the balls over into the next garden? I bet yeah. there's loads from the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. If, if, to be honest, if I uh, if I played for Forest, it'd be the same with me. Um, although Tavares is a professional footballer, so yeah. So let's hope he can uh, <laughs> let's hope he converts one soon. Uh, moving on, and we look at, at, at VAR. <clears throat> and Steve, we were going to touch on it, so now is the time. <sighs> and we'll start with you because I can remember having a conversation with you actually about um, kind of Clattenburg being appointed. Uh, the news breaking on Saturday morning that, that, that Forrest have appointed Mark Clattenburg as almost a the club's referee analyst. He will be there to advise the club on certain referee decisions uh, that will most likely go against Forrest uh, and basically advise Nuno on how to go about it. We touched on it before we actually started recording this as well, Steve. It's a bit of an odd appointment. What do you make of it? And also, what do you make of VAR's involvement with the game on Saturday? Luckily, we won. But as you said earlier, it should have been a penalty on Nico Williams. Um, right. Mark Clattenburg's appointment, I don't know why. Um, what are they going to say? It was a, a penalty. Um, of it, whether it's there to advise them, to for him to say, um, no, leave it, just it's gone. Because I do think, Forest have now complained to the PGL three times now, I believe, and they've brought it out public. And I do think sometimes that might be going against us a little bit. Um, VAR's just not working for me. I I don't care what anyone says. This is just my opinion. I think there is certain bits of the element in VAR that if it if that if that happens at Anfield, it's a penalty. If that's a Liverpool player, it's a penalty. I think the one week before, it was the same goalkeeper, the same referee. It was worse contact than what it was with Jota, and that wasn't a penalty. So I think this is where it goes. We touched on it before. The one at Brentford, Ivan Tony, that was just, just a joke. These people are not accountable, not being held accountable for this. Now, I we always watch where we sit. I watched Nuno on Saturday and the coach 
And I'll tell you who else I watched. It was Kevin Nolan. When it went to VAR, Kevin Nolan's walking back to his dugout, looking at Moore's going, shake, banging his head. It's a pen. It's a pen. What is what going? It's a pen. They're all on that bench. No, it's a pen. Origi's got the ball under his under his arm. I don't know whether Origi's taking it. And they're walking towards the spot. You watch it again. They're walking towards the spot. They're all knowing it's a penalty. They're saying it's a penalty. It's definitely a penalty. All right? And then he gives it no. No penalty. They're all up in arms going like this. And the worst thing about that decision on Saturday, Nuno gets booked. Because he, he puts his arms over there as if to say, what? What's going off? Um, we will most probably get Howard Webb and Michael Owen, you know, on that Sky thing going, well, Howard, what about this one? And Howard Webb giving his percentage of this, that and the other and or whatever. But we, it, it, it's, there's got to be a clear line. It's, yeah. you know, if it's a penalty, if it's a... It's a penalty. I mean, he's touched him. I mean, he's, he's. I mean, apart from actually hacking him down, he's touched him, and no one has come out and gone. Well, it wasn't a penalty. Sorry, we've made him say. I could deal with that, Max. Mm. I, I think we all could if someone just put their hand up and went. Do you know what, guys? We've made an absolute ricket here. We're so sorry. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get better. You know, but but we're talking we're talking about it more now than what we were talking about referees. Mm. Yeah, and and that is the problem. And also, I think fans are getting more frustrated with the inconsistency of it. Hence, why maybe Forrest have opted to appoint Clattenburg. But Sarah, what did Nuno have to say in his press conference? Did you have a chance to actually uh, almost ask him about kind of the disappointment because it only came out Saturday morning? Yeah, no, he, he was he was asked about it. Um... <laughs> He hopes that it's going to help explain some of the decisions because um, I think that's sometimes what is the most frustrating and particularly on Saturday with that penalty incident um, that you don't get an explanation as to why it wasn't given or why it didn't, VAR didn't suggest to the referee, go look at your screen. Um, how it wasn't, it didn't get to that point, I have no idea because Nico Williams, bless him, was, was left with a bit of a hobble afterwards. He, he clearly got caught. It was luckily he wasn't, more injured than um, or it wasn't as as bad as it could have been um, I think that's what's particularly frustrating not just for, for Nuno but for for the majority of managers um, that you get decisions like that and then another week you'll get a different decision uh, or a, a different club or a different team different it will be the opposite um, it's the inconsistency and that's what's so frustrating that's what I think Nuno is hoping that Mark Clattenberg will be able to help with, offer that kind of explanation. I mean, after the incident, whether it counts for a great deal or not, I don't know. Um, or, he was there on Saturday, Mark Clattenberg, and he was alongside um, alongside the owner. So I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall afterwards when I'm, I'm sure Mr Maranakis was, was quizzing Mark Clattenberg about it and, and asking him what, what he thought about it and why that penalty incident wasn't uh, wasn't given. It's trying to get consistency. Um, that's something that the VAR and, and officiating throughout the Premier League needs. It's not there at the moment. And that's what's so, um, so frustrating with it all, that you don't know what you're going to get week to week. You don't know what you're going to get referee to referee. Or, or even within a game, you can have a similar incident and it, it goes one way and then a few minutes later it goes the other. Yeah. It's just 
it, it's that inconsistency that's so um and it's costly as well big decisions like that luckily it didn't this time the week earlier against newcastle similar uh, similar scenario it it did at 2-2 a penalty could have been different um it needs addressing and i think forest are, are just trying to find a way of looking at it um and also to help relations obviously with the, the pgmol um i think that's what mark clattenberg it's hoped can help with as well yeah i was going to say pgmol probably expect a letter from forest every week we might have i don't know almost stamps ready and reserved for them given the amount of letters we've had to send recently uh steve kind of want to touch on actually kelvin phillips's red card it was second yellow he kind of argued in terms of an interview after that it wasn't but for me he was deserved and i actually thought in fairness the referee on saturday people might disagree with this and until the penalty and until VAR, and I think that was more VAR's decision of, of, of not sending him over, but I thought he actually let the game flow quite a lot. And I thought his decisions in terms of letting the game flow and, and almost not kind of stop starting, I thought he had a much better performance compared to Anthony Taylor last week. Obviously that doesn't say a lot, but I just thought that I, I just thought that it, it was an all right performance from him. It was just up until kind of the VAR incident. Again, it's the one talking point coming out of the game. Yeah, I mean, firstly, um, I think Anthony Taylor is not a very good ref anyway, so um, we, we'll just park that one there. Um, the only problem I would have said, Max, on Saturday about the, the ref, and I, I think he was a young ref being promoted through the ranks yeah. uh, again. Uh, we need referees um, because if we haven't got no referees, we haven't got no game. So it's as sim simple as that. Um I would have said, and again, I said to the guys in front of me, it was giving out cards a little bit willy-nilly. I mm. actually touched on their shoulders and went, guys, I can tell you this now, there ain't going to be 11-11 left on this pitch, the way he's giving out the cards. Because you knew someone, the way he was giving the first yellers, and they were, I think it, I think it was two, in the, two or three in the first eight yeah. minutes, yeah. which worries me then. You've got players that are on, um, you know, and they've got to watch themselves. As for Phillips, I haven't seen it. It looked always looks worse than what it does, so I haven't seen it. Um, it's social media is not going around saying it's not a foul. It wasn't like the William Bolly one or anything like that. Second yellow. So um, again, for I didn't know Phillips was on the pitch until the second half. All right, and seriously, I didn't know he was playing. I, in fact, I don't even think I know he'd been moved from Man City. That's how bad it bad it was. And then I saw him, and I went to Dan. I went. That's Phillips. He went, yeah, he went in January. I, went, I didn't know I was playing. Um, but yeah, so I, again, the ref, you know, if you, if you say, you know, let's not turn this into yeah. giving yeah. refs our time. All right. VAR is there to help the referees and didn't help that ref on that occasion. We get that. What I'm trying to say is he started giving cards out very, very early. And then you cause yourself a bit of a problem because in a game that was fast and furious, you're going to get those little tackles that maybe the ones that weren't a booking in seven or eight minutes and now are a booking, they're going off. So, yeah, I I, I see it. Um, I might have disagreed, Max, with you a little bit. I think he was a little bit too card happy. Um, he could have just... 
an experienced ref would have most probably let one or two of those tackles flow and just say, look, one more, you're in the book mm. and keep it. So, you know, it's one of them. Yeah, one of them. Uh, and fingers crossed next week, we won't be talking about referees because, uh, we, we, you know, it, it does honestly get boring and tiring talking about them all the time. Uh, Sarah, before we just quickly touch on the Villa game before we go, let's just touch on the atmosphere at the City ground. I wanted to give a special mention to that. It, it hasn't been at its probably best most recently, but it was loud. It was, it, it, it reminded me a lot of last season uh, and also when Nuno kind of came out just before the game and, and almost gave a standing ovation to the fans and, and clapped the fans. I just feel like almost that connection's coming back a little bit, which Forrest have lacked recently and it massively helps. You know, it is a cliche about the fans being the 12th man, but they really, really were for Forrest on Saturday. Yeah, I thought the atmosphere was really good on Saturday. Um, I thought it, it was loud, it was noisy, it was um, maybe incidents like the, the referee as well help because it gets everybody on side and gets you jeering at the officials. Um, but the, the performance was so important to that because the fans had something to cheer, they had something to get behind um, and the players responded as well. It, it was kind of a mutual connection. Um, it was great to have the celebrations back at the end, have the fireworks back, have um, have everybody coming away in a positive, happy mood. Um, I think you can see that the players are, you can see that there's a real spirit there. You can see that there's a real a sense of unity and a sense of um, fight. It's not, not through lack of effort being in a, a difficult position at the bottom in recent, bottom end in recent weeks. Um, it's just, it's just been a case of sorting out those errors. Um, Saturday did that. Um, hopefully, it's a case now of building on it and keeping that going. But yeah, the fans played such an important part, and they will do um, between now and the end of the season for sure. Yeah, definitely, Steve. You go home and away with Forest. You'll be there away at Villa on Saturday, uh, as will I, and of course uh, Sarah from the press box. But you know. Really time now for Forrest to kick on. Villa will be a tough game. Let's not forget that. But with momentum, taking that into the game, you just never know. No, I, Villa will be a tough game. Um, I, I, I think we could get a point. I think anything above a point will be absolutely brilliant. Um, I think we'll score. Um, I just think that front three at the minute with Gibbs White as well, I, th I think they'll score, Forrest will score. Um, keep a clean sheet, we win the game. Um, I, I don't even think we, we draw the game. I think keep a clean sheet, we win the game. Um, and that's how confident I am. Um, it will be a tough game. Um, they're also on a bit of a bad run where they've lost two or three at home. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. On the bounce. Um, so they won't want to lose four. Is it two? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it, it's a, it's a, it, they're, they're a good club. Um, I, I ju just think, yeah, like I said, I, Max, if we, if we can keep it tight at the back, all right, I think we will, we will get something. Um, cut out silly mistakes, you know, and then because that, that our front three is uh, are going to score, and I, I'm I'm saying this now, we're going to score on Saturday. Now that's most probably a nil nil coming in it. You know, <laughs> I was just about to say that actually, Steve. You <laughs> you know, the words out of my mouth. Uh, no, I I did say actually, I did say before the West Ham game, uh, I did say that Forest would get seven points out of these three games. 
Yeah, and you also yeah, said... No, work it out. <laughs> and, you, and you also said, Steve, that Forrest would get promoted in the season we got promoted. Yeah, so, fair play. Yeah. yeah, Mystic Steve, you have been yeah. uh, you have been right before. We'll have to ask you for the lottery numbers right, next week. Yeah, um, <laughs> Sarah, just to close, really, I, I, I kind of wanted to touch on 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 Nuno, and I don't think he's had an easy ride so far as Forest manager with the points deduction, with the injuries, with Afcon, with all other controversy off the pitch. But it, it really seems like now there's a connection growing between him and the supporters, which is crucial given given him replacing Steve Cooper, a fan's favourite. And he, as Steve mentioned, we're scoring under him. Attacking-wise, we look absolutely brilliant under him. He's made a huge difference. And I just really think that this now is time to kick on and and, and now it is the start of something special under him. Yeah, he's had a lot to deal with. Um, I think last week was the first time that he'd had near enough a full squad to work with for a while. Um obviously with the, the January additions as well. The players who came back from the, the AFCON final only arrived on Thursday. So even though he had a full squad, it was only for a couple of days um, and he, he still got um, Gonzalo Montiel and, and Chris Wood out injured. So he, he hasn't really had a proper amount of time to work with the squad for the second half of the season. Um, he'll, he'll have a free week again this week, no midweek game. That's got to be hugely beneficial, just getting time on the training ground, spending time together, um, working on getting his ideas across and, and getting to know his players more. Because as he pointed out last week, it's still a fairly new team to him, but also fairly new in terms of, of working the way he wants, new with the players who came in in January, um, integrating into the squad. So it's just, he's had a lot to deal with. Um, injuries, AFCON, um everything around the potential points deduction. It's It's been a challenging few weeks for him. It feels like he's been in charge a lot longer than he has because he, he's had he's had to go through a lot. But the performance on Saturday was hugely positive. I think it was, it has been in most games. Forrest have been in pretty much every game, I think, in the, the Premier League under Nuno. Um, and that's got to give them real encouragement. It's got to be good for confidence, good for belief um, and good for for having a platform to build on. Some tough games coming up, but going into them with a result and a performance like that, that's everything you want, particularly the clean sheet. Um, having that to build on, it, it, it's just, it's good all round. Um, and hopefully we, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we see the, the benefits of that on Saturday at, at Villa Park. Yeah, definitely. Big game against Villa on Saturday. I think that does us nicely. Steve, Sarah, thank you very much. Fingers crossed next week we won't be talking about Max, any referees. Yes, Steve. Can I just say one thing, mate? Nothing about football. Can I just, um, especially me and you, Max, um, yep. Gary Woodford's um, dad, Barry, um, is obviously not very well at the minute. Can we just send him our regards and a speedy recovery and we're thinking of him All right, yes. and we're missing him at the city ground. Get well soon, Barry. Come on, you race. Yeah, definitely, Steve. Um, yeah, we all echo that. Fingers crossed for a speedy recovery from him. Uh, we will see you this week for our Villa preview. Steve, Sarah, thank you. And as always, if you did enjoy this podcast, like, share, subscribe across all your YouTube and audio platforms. And we'll see you next time. Come on, you Reds, and have a great week.